630 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game from the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Good morning, football fans. We're into the month of March. My goodness, about nine weeks away from the start of training camps across the CFL. As you can tell by the voice, it's not Morley Scott. It's Dave Campbell filling in this morning as uh, Morley is on vacation. He'll be back in a couple of weeks, actually, because next week we don't have a show because of the Oilers game in Buffalo against the Sabres. But uh, the Elks uh, earlier, or a couple days ago, uh, had a tweet on X or Twitter or TwitX or whatever the heck you call it now, um, talking about 100 days to go until the home opener and the start of the 75th uh, season and uh, the fact that they're going to be unveiling plans for the 75th season, the celebrations and the uh, a lot of things in store. So that will be happening in the next few weeks. As far as the week itself is concerned, uh, the quietest offseason for the uh, Edmonton Elks as far as transactions, uh, yeah, very quiet and uh, just the water's kind of calming down a little bit as far as player transactions and that sort of thing. Um, a couple of uh, news and notes from around the league. Uh, congratulations to Henoch Mwamba, an 11-year CFL career. He was a first overall pick by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in 2011 and uh, had a great season with the Bombers. Uh, I think it was back in 2013 where he was uh, their most outstanding defensive player and top Canadian. He did win the top Canadian award in 2017. He's a two-time CFL All-Star. He is a three-time CFL East All-Star. Uh, played for the Montreal Alouettes. Played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as well and the Toronto Argos. And in 2022, named the Grey Cup MVP and most outstanding defensive player Remember, he had that uh, that interception late in the game of Zach Caleros. So uh, congratulations to Henock Mwamba. Tremendous career. So we talk about one middle linebacker who is uh, calling it a career and another middle linebacker as we transition and talk about a current one and a good one. Niles Morgan had a pretty good year last year despite a pretty tough season for the team. Harris rolls to the right side, throws, it's intercepted. It's intercepted, the defense makes the play. It's Niles Morgan who steals the ball, and the Elks will be almost in scoring position here as they take over offensively. Great play by Niles Morgan who dove in front of that one. 107 defensive tackles, 116 uh, defensive plays. The tackle number was second in the CFL, fourth in defensive plays, and will be the leader. He is the leader of that defense, changed defense, much younger now uh, with the departure of some veterans, but had a chance to talk to Niles Morgan, who is uh, living in Edmonton once again in the offseason, and he's been, uh, he's been very busy. I've been, I've been quite busy. I have uh, two youth football programs, one in, uh, for high schoolers, other one for uh, 7 to 12-year-olds that I'm running. Uh, it's, uh, it's from Thursday to, Saturday to, to Sunday, and uh, I'm like coaching football, and I, also I'm playing football, so it's great. It's great. <laughs> You're kind of like the uh, the general manager of uh, of these camps, and tell me about that, about how you balance everything, where you're running these camps for kids, as you said, and you're also training for your fourth season in the CFL, and all in green and gold, by the way. So tell me about uh, the fun and the challenge of of balancing all of that. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a challenge for sure. I'll say the the fun part is that uh. 
I found a way to go further into like my craft of learning football and learning different techniques and different things that are, you know, somewhat outside of my position as well. You know, I've had to study other positions and uh, also just had to fine tune and detail like my own things because now I have to give it out to, to someone else and to teach them is only helping me, I think, uh, become just more cerebral about the game. And, you know, out, uh, actually, uh, I couldn't do it last year, but now you know, I throw on the cleats and I'm out there with them. You know, I'm showing them exactly how things are done. So in there, I get a chance to practice my own craft at the same time. I think that's uh, I think that's pretty cool for sure. What's that like when you when you help the kids and coach the kids and, you know, from from the start of a camp and as it progresses and you're starting to see the improvement and you're starting to see what you're trying to teach. And, um, you know, I'm sure you got other coaches involved as well, uh, other players that are that are that are helping you out. But when you see the growth and the progress of, of a young player, uh, what's that like? You know, I think that's really what it's, it's all about. You know, uh, I think that's the way that I that I give back for all the hard work and all the long hours that I put on myself and just to have the, the blessings that I've had to be where I've been. Uh, I think that's that's why we all do it, you know, like me, uh, Tomas is there all the time. Gavin just just joined us. Uh, Pamundan joined us. Just a bunch of guys have been, you know, through the program. But uh, I think it's that factor, you know, like watching a kid actually develop and, you know, just having the pride of saying that, you know, you help this person get to you know, a new level in their life, whether they're seven, whether they're 20, you know, going in, into their 20s or going into uh, the next level. <clears throat> I think that's what it is, really. Spending the offseason here, and, and you mentioned there's a number of teammates that, that uh, you know, are not from here, but they live here. And I think, you know, when you go back to the history of this organization, I think that's what's really cool is about the uh, history of this of this franchise is that you get players that are not from Edmonton but make Edmonton home, uh, even in the off season. <clears throat> How does that help as far as you know your involvement in the community and just you know living like an Edmontonian and having teammates that you're you know that you play with in season that you get to rub shoulders with them when it's the off season. No, I think that's great. You know, just I think that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I think Edmonton is a great city for, you know, guys to, you know, find their way here. Like like you said, like a lot of guys, they, they you know, stick around. Plus the guys that are from here, too, that are also on the team. We won't count them. But uh, definitely, though, uh, I think you hit it right on the head. You know, there's a lot of opportunity in the off season here, especially uh, I found in, in, uh, in football, you know, the thing that we – love to do and when the calendar turns to march um that i i always found that was kind of maybe a significant moment in the off season and probably well it signifies for sure there's less off season left so when the calendar turns and you see it's march and you know in mid-may that's when main camp starts uh does anything change for you like as far as your stages of training and as far as how you ramp up or, or and especially your mindset, does, does, does it change when the calendar says March? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say they change this, but uh, it's all part of like the game plan. You know, I've been, I've been decking out like my training and also with the business, like I've had, I had the whole thing decked out all the way up until training camp. And so I think when I get to March, I'll be more on the field like uh, I'll have like sessions where I train for for the day. It'll be just on the field. 
like right now, like I get up uh, at 5.45, I have a workout in the morning, take a break, and then I'll have another one like later on at night, and I'll try to get five days in if I can. And, you know, just depending on how my body feels. And like, right now it's like I'm in like the, I say, bulking phase of it, mm-hmm. of uh, my training. And then I do my field stuff on the weekend with uh, the kids. And I think March would be more, more field stuff. Yeah, uh, more, uh, more, more treatment for the body as well from all the hard lifting. So like now I'll get into more of like my, like, uh, like I'll be with, uh, Aaron a lot too. Aaron is my Pilates teacher. We don't like to call it that. It's called, it's called true movement. But, uh, basically, um, I'll be getting everything back stretched, stretched out like hips, shoulders, ankles, knees, and then, uh, just keep, I guess chopping away still at the pan until uh, until May. When you uh, think back to your twenty twenty three season, we're joined by uh, Niles Morgan here, at Elks middle linebacker on the Elks this week. Dave Campbell for Morley Scott uh, this week. Uh, you know you're able to stay healthy. You played fifteen games um, compared to six the uh, the previous season, and uh, you finished second in the league in tackles, hundred and seven, fourth in the league in defensive plays with one hundred and sixteen. But I think, you know, you've been able to stay healthy. Tell me about just being able to contribute uh, for the most part last season compared to 22, which I know was a real frustrating one for you. Yeah, you know, I could, uh, man, just being back out there, just getting back to myself, like that's that's what I love to do. I honestly love the game. And so I, I learned how much I, I love the game in 2022. You know, just going through all that and going through all the hardships of wanting to play so bad and trying to figure out my body with this new injury and everything. And um, just being back out there was just a blast. And, you know, I set high expectations. Like, mine were to be the best, like number one linebacker, even though I was coming off injury, even though, you know, whatever. But uh, I love that I – that I um I made it those 15 games. I want to make it 18 games. I want to make it to the playoffs and, and so forth. You know, I remember, I think it was a game going into Winnipeg in July where you missed. And I believe the injury report said you had a chest injury and then you were put on the six-game injury list. And you only missed one game. Uh, tell me about getting through that that period. And, and I, you know, I imagine there was a ton of relief that, you know, it, the, you know, it wasn't six games. It was just, you know, one of those things where, well, we'll just throw Niles on there, and then we'll see what happens. Well, you got pulled off the next week. I'm grateful that uh, that Coach Jones let me off. <laughs> um, I'm glad that he believed me when I told him that I'm feeling better too. You know, because uh, he was more he, he was he was he was worried about me. He wanted to make sure that I was healthy and everything. And um, I'm glad that uh, it wasn't as serious as uh, we all thought. Speak about that relationship, and you, you said, you know, you're glad he believed you, and you, you know, you, ha- you you build that trust with him, and uh, you know, and I think when he took the job, he identified you as someone that was going to be a very important piece to to the team and to the defense. Tell me how that relationship between you and Chris Jones, now that you're into uh, year three with Chris, and now you're going into year four as a player uh, in this league, just how much that relationship has has grown. Uh, man, I would say that uh, it's grown a lot, you know, since the, the first time we met. And um, I've always always appreciated just uh, his high standards that he had for me. 
um, <clears throat> he he would put things on my plate and you know, we would have conversations about like the team and, you know, sometimes a bigger picture. And I have an immense amount of respect for uh, all that he has taught me about, you know, not just, you know, just football things, but just in general life things. You know, he has a lot of wisdom for his age of uh, of uh, of being a, uh, a head coach for so long. Also, just his mindset too. Like, I know for sure that like he goes to work every day for us. Like mm-hmm. I see it because I'll be up there early and he's up there before me. You know, watching film, doing what he needs to do to to prepare the team, prepare the coaches, and even after practice, he's still there. And I'm like the last person there. And I always run in, into Coach Jones as well. So, like, just having that, just having someone that you know is giving their all to help something come together for for uh, for the better, you know, that, that puts a lot of relief in my mind as a player, you know, from my head coach. Coming up on the Elks this week, part two of my conversation with Niles Morgan, who discusses moving into a leadership role of the youth movement that we're seeing on the defense right now. This is the Elks This Week. I'm Dave Campbell on the Voice of the Elks 630 Chad. Now, more football talk on the Elks This Week. Here's Morley Scott on the Voice of the Edmonton Elks 630 Dave Campbell in for Morley Scott this week as we continue my conversation with Niles Morgan, starting middle linebacker of your Edmonton Elks. And uh, Niles, last year, obviously a a tough season, 4-14 record again. You started out 0-9, and then you went on a 4-1 run where the defense actually showed some uh, pretty good, uh, pretty good strong play for most of that uh, stretch. But then an 0-4 finish to the season. When you look back and you go into the 24 season, if you uh, think about what happened last season, what do you really think about as far as, look, if we can do this better or that better, we're going to have a better outcome in 2024? I would say just the the minute details of the game, man. Like, I would say that uh, if we just can have that focus, and focus is a detail, I think. I think that to be able to have your mind always dialed in for 80-something plays, mm-hmm. maybe even more, I think that is hard. You know, it's not an easy task to do. Something that I've had to work on myself throughout my career is just that that focus piece that I think we need. But then also, you know, we did have a lot of young players <laughs> as well. We had a lot of guys, so it was it was their first time in the fire. And I commend those guys. I remember being being that guy, being that rookie coming in out of uh, out of college, and uh, you're stepping onto a level where you know you're not just playing checkers, it's chess. You know, a lot of moving pieces going on, especially for you know our DBs on the back end, and then our young guys up front as well. And uh, I'm excited to see how how much they've uh, they've grown from year one to year two because that's always the biggest jump. Uh, doubly important as well uh, from, on that point that you mentioned about you know you're going into year two, some are going into year three. You you lost some leaders uh, through trade or through release. Uh, Ed Gainey, uh, uh, Aaron Grimes, uh, Jake Ceresna, Adam Konar. Um, you know, at the at at the time of this recording, you know, AC Leonard is not on the team, uh, but you know, you are, and you have Luches Purefoy with you. Tony Jones is coming in. You got some uh, <coughs> great talent. I mean, Kai Gray 
I mean, let's remember, he was the West nominee for most outstanding rookie. Uh, tell me about losing the leadership, but also um, that the door is open for a lot of second and third year players. I would say that um, you know, the ball has to keep rolling, you know, with the guys that we have here. You know, I think that we saw embody the people that were here, the leaders that were here and what they stood for. And, you know, I always try to stand tall for the players that that we currently have and the ones that were. You know, I still think back to my first years that some of the guys that, you know, inspired me, you know, put wisdom into me, including AG, including Jake Serezna, you know, including guys like Vontae Digg. Um, I think about, you know, just, you know, who they would want us to be as a team. And I know that all those guys, even though they're, they're uh, in different places now, they still care about the core of the team, the guys that, you know, that they sacrifice for. And, you know, that lives on forever through who we are as people. Just for the guys who are here, you know, uh, we have some outstanding players and we got guys who can, like you said, like who can still lead, who can still put on the example and be the example, include myself, you know, Luchez, Tony Jones. <clears throat> and uh, like you said, Kai Gray, he has a lot of potential, man. He did a, he did a, a, a great job last year. I'm excited to see him grow. I got to ask you about the moves that were made on uh, the other phases uh, with special teams, bringing in Javon Leak. That goes without saying how dynamic he is as a as a returner. He's the best in the league. Uh, Boris Beatty uh, in the in the place kicking department. Then on offense, you know, you bring in McLeod Bethel Thompson and Curly Gittins Jr. Uh, how does someone from your position on the defense, when you look at the the, the additions on special teams and quarterback, is it, uh, well, how does that uh, impact you and how do you think it's going to impact the team as a whole? I think that uh, first and foremost, you know, special teams, you know, wins and loses games. And, uh, you know, just having more, more dynamic players is only going to make us better. You know, it's very important to have people who can, you know, do the, do what we need them to do. And also, it's just going to raise competition, too. You know, having these dynamic guys on the team. And I am a firm believer of iron sharpens iron, especially on special teams. Like, shoot, I listen. I am fighting to get on there, man. Trust me, I love playing special teams, too, honestly. I really do. Uh, and then um, as far as the offense, I think that having Bethel Thomas, <clears throat> having him is uh, – it's going to be a key function of uh, the team, you know, like there's all the wisdom he brings in, all the things that he's known, he, he's been through as a as a, a seasoned vet. <clears throat> I think that it's going to drive, you know, the, the greatest of competition out of everyone. All right, as we finish up here and at the start of the interview, we we learn how busy you are as a, as a train, as someone who's training for another season as a player and, Obviously, your business aspirations and and, and endeavors uh, off the field as as you know running two football camps, uh, flag football is something that I think uh, has has grown a lot in uh, in this city and around the country. Uh, you got a flag football event coming up in April, so so tell us about it. Yes, um, it is the MH Care Medical Flag Football Tournament. And uh, it's run between myself and MHK Medical, who uh, we did the cleats of, of uh, the cleats of strength with mm. last season, and uh, we partnered with the Mustard Seed Foundation, who is who is uh, 
helping out the community by taking care of the homeless out here. And so what we decided to do is that we decided that we wanted to raise money for the homeless and also we wanted to make sure that all of the donees bring a item of such sorts that you know that someone, you know, who doesn't have as much will need, like socks, toothbrushes, uh, anything like that. And uh, we're going to have, uh, we're gonna have four teams. It'll be 10 players per team. And uh, we're going to do like a Ray Robin style event and pretty much winner takes all. And uh, it'll be April 6th. For more information on the two caps that uh, Niles runs here at Edmonton during the offseason and the upcoming flag football tournament, you can head to his Instagram page. His uh, handle is NilesMorgan underscore five on IG. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Camblin for Mortley Scott. Uh, no Elks show this week or Elks this week next week because of Oilers hockey. So Morley will be around in two weeks time. Have a great weekend, everyone.